All right, community of faith, how are we doing? 2023, right? 2023 is going to be so much better than 2022 for you and me. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> so you're going, I hope so, right? So, you know, Laura and I are so excited to start this off with a couple of weeks on marriage. And we were thinking about over this, we're going to be married 40 years in December. Crazy. Yeah. I was three and she was two when we got married. And, uh, <laughs> but um, we thought, what are so, just two things that we could share with you that would really make an impact? And Laura really came up with these in her mind. And I think she was thinking of me in those early days. But number one, show up. Number two, grow up, okay? And we're not going to be preaching down at you, that's for sure. We're right in here with you, right? <laughs> she said, I said that, not her, but um, she, she was saying it in the mic back there, off. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing is, God has something really good for us. And we're going to find out. We, we've got to show up for it, first off. And then the second thing is, when we talk about grow up next week, it's going to be some things maybe you've never heard before, but you're going to find that some of the, the fights that you fight are really triggers that come from the past, even from growing up. And we're going to talk about some of that and how to deal with that and how to work through that. And we'll be looking at a, a couple of systems that I think are really, really biblical in order to do that next week. So I don't want you to miss that, okay? Show up. Did you know that the average gold's gym has 10,000 members and has room for 500? The average Planet Fitness has 6,500 members. You can get in for 10 to 20 bucks a month, right? And can fit about 300. What is the business plan of these <laughs> gems? The business plan is you are not going to show up, not for very long anyway. How many of you joined a gym? This Okay, so I see, okay, you've joined a gym maybe this year and you're ready to get going. You're going, Mark, as soon as I get motivated, I'll be there. No, you won't. Because I see the same people at my gym every day. Every single day. And you know who those people are? They're not the people that are motivated. They're just the people that show up. Because what you have to do is you have to show up. Sometimes you don't feel like being in the gym, but you got to show up. And, you know, we, we kind of, in this instant gratification society that we've got, especially with all the social media and stuff, uh, you know, we want things to happen really really quickly. And, and, and so we go into all these things kind of like, you know, we're digging for oil, but then we say, well, nothing there. Let me look over here. Let me look over here. Let me look over here. And what we didn't realize is that we were just on the verge of breakthrough. Well, I'm never going to lose weight, but what you didn't realize is it's just that next time to the gym, that next good food choice where momentum was going to start picking up, but you didn't wait. You weren't there. You didn't show up. So show up. Now, the biggest place that we need to do that, though, is in our marriage. We have this tendency to kind of float through life and think that it's all going to work out. Those of you who have kids that are in the house still, you know, that's a really brief time of your marriage. Did you know that? 
Seems like an eternity to me, right? 18 years is not that long for a, a marriage of 50 years or something, you know? So you, you begin to look at that, and it's just a really short time you have them, and then they're out, they're gone. And then you're looking at each other and going like, who are we? And, <laughs> you know, what happened? So you got to show up for your marriage. We're going to talk just a little bit about that, so let's jump into it. Like Mark said, the first step to everything is simply to show up. That's the basis of a great relationship. You have to show up in your marriage. It sounds so simple, but most of us rarely do it. And it's essential if we're going to have a relationship that goes the distance, if we're going to tighten the knot in 2023. You know, when we lived in Mexico, there was a little word that they used there. And I know some of you know this word, you'll recognize it, but it's the word mañana. And it means tomorrow. But they use it all the time, and I would get so frustrated. You know, you would go to the, the car shop, and, you know, when is my car going to be ready? Manana. Are you called to get repairs? You know, when is the electrician coming to the house? Manana. And everything <laughs> that you're trying to get done, it's always manana. And I sort of learned that, that manana actually means never. <laughs> but we tend to do that in our lives, don't we? You know, tomorrow... I'm going to start that diet. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to the gym. Tomorrow, I'm going to work on my anger issue. Tomorrow, I'm going to spend time with my spouse. Tomorrow, I'm going to prioritize my marriage. And what does that mean? That it's not going to happen. Because all we really have is today. And that's one of the things that God wants us to know. We have today, and we have to show up today. James 4.14 says this, What do you know about tomorrow? How can you be so sure about your life? It's nothing more than mist that appears for only a little while before it disappears. God wants us to appreciate and take advantage of today because this is all we know we have. This is all we're guaranteed and maybe not even a full day. Take advantage of what you have right now. Psalm 118.24 says, this day belongs to the Lord. Let's celebrate and be glad. So you have to decide to live today for your relationship, to show up like Mark talked about, to be present. I want you to take a look at a couple of videos and then we'll talk about it. the dismount. This one looks almost the same to me.
that his smiles were almost the same too. <laughs> so that first video was our granddaughter Zoe and her very first gymnastics meet. And because I just like to talk about my grandkids whenever I have the opportunity. <laughs> that second video, I'm pretty sure you know, was Olympic gold medalist Simone Biles. Now, there's a little bit of difference between these two gymnasts, right? Did you notice that? But here's the thing. Simone started out just like Zoe. You don't wake up one day and suddenly you're an Olympic gold medalist gymnast. It requires something of you. It requires you showing up every day in the gym. It requires dedication and sacrifice. It requires sacrifice of finances and time and, and everything else in your life, I imagine, to be an Olympian. Um, it requires a huge investment. It requires a positive mindset. It requires focus. It requires determination and sacrifice and years of practice. That's how a gym, young gymnast makes it to the top of her game, right? The same is true in our relationships. You have to commit for the long haul. That's what Simone did. She was committed for the long haul. You have to show up every day and be committed to go the distance. Genesis 2.24 says this, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Some translations use the word cleave there. And that definition of the word cleave means to adhere firmly to or closely to, to adhere loyally and unwaveringly. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines uh, cleave as being glued together, and it stresses the strength of that attachment. It even implies growing together. It talked in there about how a virus attaches to a cell, and they grow together. Wait, which one of us is the virus? I'm, I'm not going to say, but um, you could say that verse like this. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be firmly, loyally, unwaveringly attached and glued together with his wife, and the two shall grow together as one flesh. That's what God intended for your marriage relationship. I've heard so many people across the years tell me, you know, we just outgrew each other. You know, she grew this way, I grew that way. Our dreams are different. God intended for you to be securely attached with one another and grow together, grow through things, grow with things, grow with your spouse. When you look at a marriage that goes the distance, they're committed for the long haul in that way. If you see a happy, healthy, long-term relationship, it's one where two people have taken on the characteristics of that gold medal gymnast. They're showing up every day. They're putting in the hard work. They're committed. They're dedicated. They're focused. They sacrifice time and money and energy. They, they give themselves to the work of the marriage. They have a positive mindset. They're worked hard and consistently for years. That's how you do it. You have to be committed for the long haul. You know, when someone says to me, wow, you and Laura are just so lucky because y'all are just so compatible. <laughs> it's, that's why she laughed. It's like, we are the most incompatible couple on the face of the earth, right? I mean, like, we try to, I mean, how did we get together? We still don't know. You're not Op sure. Opposites attract. Yeah, that's say. for sure. And then they attack, though. <laughs> but, you know... We had to work at it. We had to really, really work at it. Year seven, I know I was like, I'm ready for divorce. And I, I, I remember I was packing 
my bags and had a little four-year-old at that time, David, and he came in and he just saw me packing and he got a tear in the corner of his eyes and he just said, Daddy, please don't weave. Please don't weave. I still remember that, you know, and I never have gotten a weave, but the, uh, the, the whole thing is it just grabbed my heart and I just like, okay, I can't do this. And I knew I wanted Laura to be the one holding my hand when I breathe my last on this planet, you know, one day when I'm hopefully old, you know, but it just was so lonely. It was, wasn't working out, but I recommitted and I, I, I knew, yeah, I could get divorced, but that's not what I want. And so we started a new and Laura, it started a new. And so we just kept working at working at it. And What's amazing is as we discovered little breakthroughs here and there, and as we said, this is a commitment that we're making, everything began to change, didn't it? And it, this has become like the sweetest. I can't believe that I have the opportunity to fall in love with my same girl over and over and over again. I have so many times during these 40 years, and it's been so amazing But we want that for you, too. And you have to make your marriage your number one priority, even over the kids. That might sound funny to you in today's society, but the culture is coming against us with so many different things, you know? But the kids need to see a strong marriage. It's so important for their well-being. Even if it's your second or third marriage. Right, exactly. Get it right this time. And... I need to see it. Laura needs to see it. We need encouragement. You know, you need to see it. All of us together, other couples need to see strong marriages happening. So many kids have never seen that. They've never seen what it looks like. And I always, you know, I talk to a lot of teenagers and they're saying stuff. Like, I don't know about marriage. I don't know about, it's kind of outdated. And, but I can see why they think that looking at a lot of us, right? And they need to see something different. The Bible says, in Proverbs 13, 4, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. And that's true even for marriage. I remember all those 40 years ago saying to this little girl right here, I vow to love you, to honor you, to cherish you, to be to you a true and a faithful husband so long as we both shall live. I had no idea how excruciating that vow was going to be to keep. And how many things were going to be there to like pull back against it. And Laura didn't know that either. In fact, we were watching our wedding video not too long ago and I couldn't believe it. I mean, we talked like little country hicks, but really high too. Like you take this, I will, kind of like that. And she's going, I do. Surely it was the video at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Had to be the quality of the video. But I think it's so important that we pursue God first. I mean, Let me tell you how to do that. Just spend a little bit of time with God day by day. That takes that selfless, makes you more selfless, takes that selfishness away. Start in the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Read a few verses and just be open to God speaking to you. Share your your heart with him, your requests with him like you're talking to him. And then I want you to spend some time with your spouse praying. Maybe just at night before you go to bed and you say, well, I don't pray out loud. I've never really felt comfortable. That's okay. Just pray silently. Just hold hands and pray silently. If you feel like praying out loud, then pray out loud and do that. And um, 
you know, I, I think it's just important that we have that. So we have to show up and we have to be committed for the long haul and prioritize that relationship with our spouse. The other thing I want you to consider doing this week is to pay attention to your closest relationships. I'm sure you noticed in that video of Zoe that she had her coach right there beside her, actually telling her every next step to make and every next move on the balance beam. And she was cheering her on. You may have heard in the audience, her family was there cheering her on. She needs those people in her gymnastics life to say, we believe that you can do it. We believe that you can progress. We believe that you can grow and and get to be successful on this balance beam. That's what it takes is to have those people in your life. And the same is true for your marriage. You need those people in your life that are going to cheer you on that are going to believe in you, that are going to give you wise counsel, that are going to tell you, well, here's another step you can take. And, And they believe in your spouse too. How many of us have those people in our life that we think they're our good friends, but they don't believe in your spouse? They don't cheer on your spouse. They don't encourage you in your relationship. They don't help you focus on scripture and focus on the Lord and focus on your spirituality. They're not doing the things that you need to be done by those people who are the closest in your life. So I want you this week to take a look at your life. Who are those people that are closest to you that are speaking in to your marriage relationship? And what are they speaking? Are they speaking life and encouragement? Are they telling you you can do it? You can get through? You can be successful? You can achieve a long-term happy marriage? Or are they telling you something else? Because if they're telling you something else, then in 2023, you need to make some changes in your relationships. You need to bring along those people that are going to be a positive influence for your relationship. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. If you grew up in church, I'm sure you probably memorized that little verse, but it's true. If you don't have the company you need that's going to be positive for your relationship, it's going to corrupt and damage your relationship. That verse goes on to say, well, in verse 34, it says, remember that there are men who have plenty to say, but have no knowledge of God. And there are a lot of people like that, aren't they? That have plenty to say. And I think particularly of girlfriends, I'm sure it's true for men as well. I'm just not a man, but, um, you know, they'll speak into your life and they kind of say those things that aren't positive about your spouse, and they, they begin to put those seeds of doubt in you. God wants you to have those people in your life that are going to speak life to your marriage. Scientific studies continue to show the importance of having friends and having couple friends for your good health <clears throat> Excuse me, and the health of your relationship. But if they're not having a positive impact, you need to change who those friends are. One of the best ways to find people who are going to come alongside you and point you to Jesus, people that are going to come alongside you and encourage you in your spiritual walk, that are going to encourage you in your marriage and love you when you're struggling, are people in the small groups here at Community of Faith. And I want to encourage you to get a part of a small group this year. Make that your goal. Sadly, the vast majority of us are not in a small group. We don't have anyone that's a believer speaking into our life on a regular basis. I want to encourage you to do that. You need those people. 
that when you struggle, they're going to say, we struggle too, and here's what we did. You need those people that are going to say, you can do this. You need those people that are going to pray for you, who you can call when times are hard. You're going to find them in a small group at Community of Faith. So I want to encourage you this year to sign up and be a part. They begin on the end of this month, on the 29th. You can register today on our website. It's one of the best things that you can do for your marriage. And some of you are thinking, well, I'm not a theologian. I'm just going to be embarrassed if I go to some Bible study. That's not what it is. It's, it's all of us that are all the same, just getting together. And you'll look at some, some of the principles of Scripture, and you'll meditate on some of those things, but you'll talk about it together and discuss it and talk about how you're going to break through different areas of your life. I mean, it's just this really cool thing. It's not anything that's like, you won't be embarrassed, I promise. It's such an accepting relationship. And when you're really struggling, it's community of faith. That's where you feel the arms of community of faith around you. It's just doing life together, and those people will become your best friends. So I want to encourage you to do that. Another thing to do is to consider making an appointment with one of the professional counselors here at Community of Faith. There's a sweet little book that's called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. I don't know if you've ever seen it or read it. It takes about two minutes to read. I would have read it if I had that catchy title. (laughs) Yeah, the title will get you, right? But it has a lot of good advice for life. And about halfway through the book, the boy asks the horse, what's the bravest thing you've ever said? Help, said the horse. Asking for help isn't giving up, said the horse. It's refusing to give up. Some of us here today need to follow the horse's wisdom, and we need to ask for help. You need to ask for someone professional to come alongside you and say, I'm here for you. I can give you advice and wise counsel. I can help you work through the difficulties that you're having, and I want to encourage you to do that. It'll be the bravest thing you've ever done. It's not weakness. It's not giving up. It's refusing to give up. And and honestly, if you didn't have that amazing example of parents, and very few of us were lucky enough to have that. I mean, where did you learn how to have a relationship? You just kind of picked it up. You just thought, okay, I kind of got this. It's kind of like parenting. Kids, shut your ears for a minute. We're just making it up, right, parents? I mean, we're just kind of going along. No one taught us how to do it. It was like, because I said so, right? And that's all we could think of. But here's the deal. It's learning together. There are principles that are huge, that make huge impact. The other way you can get some positive uh, impact speaking into your relationship is to sign up for our Enriching Your Marriage, Enriching Your Relationship workshop that's coming up on February the 25th. It's a Saturday. It's all day long from 830 to 430. Look how happy that couple is. They're super happy. Um, but it includes your workbook. It includes uh, child care. You'll have food that day. It's just a great way, whether you're doing great in your relationship or you need a little bit of a tune-up, this will give you some new tools and give you new information that you can use to make your marriage a priority. So I want to encourage you to sign up and be a part of that. Somehow it looks like that woman's going like, I sure hope my husband gets something out of this or something like <laughs> Things like to me. Time. It takes time. Marriage takes time. Relationships take time. One of my, uh, one of my heroes in the psychiatric community is, is Scott Peck. He's a secular psychologist. I think he's a, he, he might be a believer, but um, he wrote a book called The Road Less Traveled. And um, 
He says at age 37, he learned how to fix things. He was out walking his dog. He said, he was kind of like me. I felt like, like I've always felt like I had like a mechanical bypass at birth, you know? And, and it was amazing to see all of you guys that can work on cars and do all that. And I'm just going like, how do you do that? Well, he was out walking the dog and he saw his neighbor in the yard working and just rebuilding his lawnmower. And he said, oh, I, I wish I could do that. And his neighbor simply said, looked at him, looked over his shoulder, said, that's because you don't take the time. The only reason you can't do it is because you don't take the time. And Scott Peck walked on and he was kind of like, he's feeling kind of unsettled. He's like, who is that? Like the lawnmower guru of, you know, the area or what? But he started thinking, could that really be true? And he said the very next week, one of his patients when she was trying to leave, her emergency brake had caught and it wouldn't release. And so um, she asked him if he could come look at it. And he's thinking mechanical bypass. But he also remembered what that guy said. So he said he got in her car, looked up at underneath, and it looks like a bunch of gibberish at first. But then he began to follow the, 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 the brake and see where it went. And he saw this little place that it looked like if you pushed it, it would release up underneath there. So he pushed it, released He's a mechanical genius all of a sudden, right? No, he just took the time. Now, he said, I don't take the time for everything, you know, but I used to just go, oh, it's beyond me. I would have looked under there, you know, grabbed a few wires, made a big mess. It's beyond me. I can't do it. And he said, that's how so many of his clients were doing with their kids, doing in their marriage. He said, the truth is we can solve these problems, if we take the time. So how do you spell priority in your marriage? T-I-M-E. So here's your, here's your homework besides the spend a little bit of time with God and pray together at night. I want you to start going on a date night every week. They did this huge study that said when couples spend a couple of hours together on purpose, you know, out away from the kids and not looking at their cell phones and all that kind of stuff, that they're 3.5 times more likely to say they are very happy in their marriage. They're 3.5 times more likely to have more sex in their marriage. I just threw that in so the guys would get more motivated. But the, uh, here's the thing. Your woman wants to feel connected to you, and she doesn't. And so that's why it doesn't work. So I want you to begin to think about some of those things. So we have to commit for the long haul. We have to prioritize our marriage under our relationship with God. We have to put in the time. We have to pay attention to those closest relationships that we have. One of the best ways to tighten the knot in 2023 is simply to offer grace to offer grace to one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. If you noticed in that video of Simone Biles, while she's an exceptional gymnast, obviously, there are a couple places where she wobbled, right? Did you see that? She had to catch her balance, get her footing again. She's not perfect. She's human. And the same is true of us. In your relationship, you're not going to be perfect. You're human. Your spouse is going to make mistakes. You're going to need make mistakes. We're all going to need grace. 
That's what the Bible talks all about, God's grace. Grace, as the Bible speaks of it, is defined as unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. And we all need that. Merriam-Webster defines grace as temporary exemption or a reprieve. I love that, a reprieve. How often do I need a reprieve? I need a second chance or a do-over, probably daily at some point in our relationship. And God says that's what grace does. In a marriage relationship, if you're going to go the long haul, you've got to give grace. And you have to learn how to receive it as well. Grace acknowledges that your partner isn't perfect and allows for them to be human, to wobble sometimes, to need to catch their footing again or rebalance. Maybe, maybe they even fall off the beam. That's okay. Get back up and keep going. And I love that word kind there in the beginning of that verse. My mom, when I was growing up, every time we left the house, she would say to us, be ye kind. She was quoting King James, but be kind. And how often do we forget that in our marriage relationship? I mean, we're kind to everybody else, right? I mean, I'm kind to the people at the office. I'm kind to the people I interact with on a daily basis. And I get home and somehow... I don't know, I just left kindness in the car or I left it at the office somewhere and I get around the people that are most important to me that I love the most of anybody in the world and I forget to be kind. Kindness, grace, that's what God is calling us to. Luke 6.36 says, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. In Colossians 3.13, I love this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive them. Giving grace is simply offering forgiveness, forgiving them unconditionally, just like God forgave you. You know, we don't deserve God's forgiveness, right? And there are going to be times when you don't deserve your spouse's forgiveness, when they don't deserve your forgiveness, but it doesn't matter. He still commanded us to forgive. But I want you to see something, too, that Forgiveness is different from boundaries. We can forgive one another and still have boundaries. And if you struggle with that, I for sure want to encourage you to call our counseling center because they have a groups, a boundary support group, as well as counseling for that. But there are situations that you need to set boundaries. I'm not saying if you're in an abusive situation that you or your children aren't safe, that you should just forgive and go on and live as if nothing's happening. God doesn't want you in a situation where you and your children aren't safe. I'm not saying if there's ongoing continual infidelity that God's saying, just forgive that and go on, live happily. God's not calling you to do that. But he will call you at some point to forgive the person who's harmed you. And forgiveness is simply releasing them to God, knowing that he's gonna take care of it and he's gonna bring justice to that situation. It sets your heart free. So we can offer grace and we can hold boundaries at the same time. When our kids were little, I taught them, instead of just saying, I'm sorry, I wanted them to actually say, this is what I did and will you forgive me? Like, I broke your crayon, will you please forgive me? And then the other brother or sister had to respond, yes, I'll forgive you. Because it gave them the opportunity to realize that they both had a choice to make. Would they ask for forgiveness and would they offer forgiveness? And I think in our relationships, that's so important. We have to learn to offer and to give forgiveness. There's no middle ground, really. 
If we either apply God's grace or we fall into a road of bitterness, and I've seen that happen over and over in relationships, I don't want that for you guys. That can be tragic in a relationship. Hebrews 12.15 Hebrews 12, says this, See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. This is what happens to so many marriages. If you have a relationship, whether it's your marriage or any other relationship, where there's bitterness, either on your part or the part of the other person, it's because grace hasn't been applied. That's exactly what that scripture says. If you want to find healing, if you want to find the power to continue and go on and move forward, the strength to have the marriage that God designed for you to have, you have to apply grace. We all need it. And asking for forgiveness is not saying, I am so sorry that I ever met you, you know, or anything like that. It's being really serious about it. Um, some of you are going like, well, this was not deep enough. This is not where I'm at. I mean, we're a lot, if we go out on a date night, we're just going to fight the whole date night. Okay, I want to give you something to do too, okay? Because next week's going to be a lot more for going deeper into some of these things as we find out our triggers and stuff. But I want you to recognize the pattern. And here's how you're going to do it, okay? Um, I read this at one point. Uh, a therapist had asked someone to do this, and I loved it, and I started doing it ever since uh, with all of the people that I've talked to and coached and stuff. But so if you start to argue, that's fine. You argue all the time. You start to argue. The only thing I'm asking you to do different when you argue at home, I'm asking that um, the husband would go into the bathroom and the one with the bathtub, take all of his clothes off and lay down in the bathtub. And then I want the wife to come and sit on the side of the tub, and then y'all continue to argue. I mean, just argue away, okay? That's all I'm asking you to do, all right? And uh, in the last service, I said, and everyone I've ever done this with, and Laura goes, let me clarify. Everyone yeah, you, he's ever... you, you actually said it again. You said, I've done this with everyone I've ever counseled <laughs> or coached. And I will just clarify... <laughs> He does not actually physically do this, but he has counseled people to Don't do ask this. the pastor to come to your house with the bathtub, okay? Not going to happen. But here's the, th- here's the thing. This helps you recognize the pattern. I- I'm telling you that everyone that I've ever coached to do this, um, they said that it just kind of stopped them. Cold turkey, you know? said, now all they have to do is they start to argue and she kind of looks toward the bathtub, you know, and and they just stop. But that's going to help you recognize the pattern. And write that down. What is that? What is it you're arguing about at that time? And bring it next week because it's probably a trigger that's coming from the past. And we'll see some of those things. So motivation, that's not what it's about. Just show up. So for sure, this week, you can spend a little bit of time with God. Whether you feel like it or not, he's there. Whether it feels like he's a million miles away or not, the Gospel of John, read a few verses. Just say, God, this is what's on my heart right now. And then pray with your spouse at night. Even if you can't talk any other way, just hold hands and silently pray, okay? If you can do a date night... I'll see you like at Torchies. It'll be great. You know, we'll be out there. And uh, remember, 
it's like 3.5 times better. And then I want you just to be showing up. Think about how I'm showing up for my wife, for my kids. How am I here? Okay. I want to encourage you to ask for help as well. Like, like the horse said, even today, we'll have some of our staff and volunteers at the front. If you need somebody, just come up and say, I need help. Please pray for me. They're here for you. So come and That's do that. That's why we do that. And we're just like you. We're not special, you know, advisors or gurus or, oh, these are the prayer champions of the world. We're just like you, but we want to walk with you at Community of Faith. And there's no judgment here. We're all struggling. I always call us fellow strugglers, you know, to the point that my kids started laughing at it at one point because I'd always say, we're all fellow strugglers, but we just are. I mean, that's just the truth. I don't ever want you to put Laura and I up on a pedestal. We have struggled so much in so many different ways, and we've seen God move. And you can see the same thing because we're just like you. Just close your eyes for a minute. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you that you're in this place. I hear a train coming down the tracks out there so that we can just stop and pray for a couple of minutes because it's going to be a long one. And I'm just going to pray right now that your will would be accomplished in our lives, in our marriages. For those of us who are divorced, would you comfort us? Would you be a husband or a wife to us? Would you be close to us and let us feel your presence? God, I pray that you would just do miracles in our lives. We need this. Our society needs this. Our culture needs to see this. And we long for it, but you long for it even more because you said it's such a beautiful picture, husband and a wife, loving each other faithfully all the way to the end. It's a beautiful picture of how you love us and love your church. So let us frame that for you. God, nothing less than a miracle will do for many of us. Some of us are going down for the last time. Let us have the courage to come and get prayer at the end of the service. Thank you for what you're about to do in our lives. Thank you for what 2023 is going to hold for our marriages. And God, as we just think about showing up every single day, what a difference the end of this year, our marriage is going to look so different. We claim it in Jesus' name. Amen.